Font with no flaws, just the clap. I am Deb, and the gentleman sitting next to me that made me watch a cartoon written by an eight-year-old is Doug. Hello. So, we actually started having a conversation about robot legs yesterday, and I've been thinking about it for about a day now. You were voting tank treads for robot I'm legs. I'm a proponent of tank treads. I believe you, your counterpoint was you wanted, like, like legs. Well, yeah, but you can, you can totally high-center tank treads and get fucking stuck. What is the upside of tank treads as opposed to actual robot legs? Now, well, one, you can't trip and fall. I mean, your my counterpoint to legs is legs do not mean you can get up. This all started based on the Daleks learning to hover. Um, no, it wasn't. It was because I wanted a pair of leggings. That oh, that's like right. Robot that's right. Legs, that's right. Which I'm um, totally ordering. When I get them, I'll put a picture of my robot legs up. Um. But anyways, yes, Daleks learning to hover. But yeah, I mean, legs do not give you the allow you to get upstairs easily. If you look at um, uh, the Ed two hundred nine from RoboCop one, he gets failed with stairs and falls and cries like a, a stuck baby, which is creepy as hell. But but like now, kick, I bet Kick Puncher could walk upstairs. Yeah, but he didn't have robot legs. Fair enough. But yeah, no, see, the funny thing is when you say tank treads, I just, I, I imagine short circuit. He could have gotten up, now, he couldn't get up shallow stairs, because you would have had to kind of, um, kind of weeble wobble your way up, up each stairs. Yeah, but like I said, when you say tank treads, that's immediately the first thing I go to is short circuit. <laughs> Not the greatest he d- source he did, he material did. for robot legs. I was going with some of the Reavers from the X-Men comic, but yeah, I mean... Okay, I can see why you think tank treads would be better, but I still disagree. I would rather. I'm just saying legs ain't all they're cracked up to be. You know, here's the thing: is this like, if you imagine watching somebody walk with robot legs, it'd probably just be kind of exhausting to watch, because it sounds like it'd be very laboring. Well, it'd be like the way we were talking about. Goosh, goosh, goosh. Yeah. That was almost a club song. Um. Well, only if you're walking. Ooh. Only if you're walking quickly. Goose kish, goose kish, goose kish. That could be like a. Do they have slow jams in, in Jungle? Or that's not Jungle, but. Jungle's really 90s, though. Okay. That's so 90s. It's so Raven. Um, uh, uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hurt your brain. God. Dinosaurs can eat my brain. Dinosaurs, yeah. You're a really dumb good guy. They're there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I still disagree on tank treads. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully, I'll when we put this up, I'll post something on Facebook and Twitter. And well, you said you'd had some counterpoints, though. What were your counterpoints? Well, my counterpoints were that like the Ed Two Hundred Nine couldn't get upstairs with legs. Like just because you have tank treads, like like you go, well, you can't get upstairs. Well, just because you have legs doesn't mean well, you can get really upstairs. Well, now I have this really funny mental image of him trying to get upstairs well, and, and getting stuck at an angle and falling over but like Robo, The character RoboCop 2 had fucking feet, and I don't think he could have gotten upstairs. They were giant fucking feet. And the stairwell that um, RoboCop used... I know that I'm using RoboCop as, like, scientific evidence, so just... It's I, okay. I understand. It's not as bad as when you reference the fifth element at your ultrasound. Yes, yeah, I, most of my medical knowledge comes from Bruce Willis movies, um, as a lot of my engineering um, prowess comes from RoboCop movies. But, I mean, the the staircase consider that RoboCop the goes... The what? I said, consider the source. RoboCop. Mm. You know, 
And I just want to say, uh, I'm actually not sure I'm going to go see the RoboCop remake. That's bullshit. I know I'm going to see it, but... Elysium? No, not Elysium. Um, <laughs> which actually would might have more violence than RoboCop remake. It's going to be PG-13. Really? Yeah. They shot a kid in RoboCop. Like, that's kind of the... That's all the point of RoboCop, is it was, like, it was a satire of society. It was... Um, over-the-top violence. And can I just say, on the topic of RoboCop, if I can get real for a second. <laughs> yes, Doug, let's get real talking about RoboCop. The situation in Detroit currently? Oh, yeah. Is the premise for part of the RoboCop movie. So, is an uh, is could something like OCP take over Detroit? Possibly. Could we end up with Time Warnerville? Interesting thoughts. You know, I'd really like the people who did Dread to do RoboCop. Yes. I think that'd be no, awesome. the, the, it might be a little bit too similar, but I just like that they really went back to the source material and didn't take out all of the violence. They made it, well, they made it a, a, a cop movie, mm-hmm. effectively, but with guns and... Like with you know, with with like the um, the lawgiver guns and mm, yeah, and it wasn't like over the top campy the way the horrible one, which will not be really Won't be talked about. Yeah, and they Mr. Had, I am the law. I am the law. I was gonna say, and they still had the the the, the weird drug use. Yeah. Oh, such a great... But it was such a great use of the drug use when they chuck him off the building. What a horrible way to... But yes, I'd Fuck. like to see them do something similar to that with RoboCop to, you know, really get back to the source material, which is funny when I say that. Well, and it's... Saying well, RoboCop. I, I don't think they are because if you... Have you seen the pictures of the new RoboCop? Mm-hmm, no. It's very Batman Begins. Like, he's in all black. And it's like... No, like, make him be it like... It doesn't have to be gritty and real. You know what I mean? No. And if it is, make it fucking R and have the over-the-top violence. I mean, the the scenes of them killing Murphy will, like, live on in my mind as, like, scarring. Like, when they blow off his hand. You say that, but now I'm just imagining the Family Guy snippet about doing worse than that guy in RoboCop. And then they just have the little animated version of that scene. And you're like, oh, no. Did they do the whole scene? Yeah. Wow. You know him screaming and bits of himself and give. God damn! Well, the his hand just like atomizes in that shotgun blast. You know what's really funny is the first time I ever actually watched RoboCop. It was on a Sunday afternoon on the set on the Sunday afternoon movie on TV that had been edited for television. Oh. Yep. Horrible. No, it's probably about you know ten at the time, maybe a little little younger. I'm not sure though, but it's just one of those things where you're like, what the hell is this? This is interesting. I wonder if they actually say bitches leave. I remember that line, but God only knows when I actually heard it. That was... Because it could have been in a later viewing on the cable where they, you know, didn't edit it like that. One of my favorite RoboCop memories is seeing it at the Midnight Madness. I think it, um, what was that? Is it the the Esquire that does the Midnight Madness? Yes, it is. And we went, and it was like the first time I'd smoked pot in something like three years. And I think I was being a little louder and a bit more MST3K than anyone was assuming I'd be. Really? Normally when I go to midnight movies, it's like that. Um, I I just kept um, waiting for uh, uh, Kurtwood Smith to call RoboCop a dumbass. <laughs> like, I just kept going, RoboCop, 
dumbass. God, he's so good in that 70s show as the overbearing ass. Oh, he's so father. great. That and I made... I literally went, shh, really? Like that loud in the movie theater when bitches please was said. Because I'm like, I must hear it. It's one of my top three favorite movie lines of all time. And so... I have a great memory of uh, going to the midnight of the labyrinth over there. Oh, Lord. And the scene where they do the reveal on David Bowie in the pants. And everybody's like, yeah! That's, pan- pants is a charitable term. I was going to say, what are you talking about? It's labyrinth during David Bowie and David Bowie's package. His cock was in that movie more than he was. I'm just saying, it gets second billing. Like, they should have just given him, like, a Tina Turner Merkin and that, and just done that. Like, that's the Goblin King. Aww. I love him in that movie. I have a friend that she saw that when she was young and was totally obsessed with it and asked her mom to give her a haircut like David Bowie's haircut in that movie and yes. her mom didn't know how to do it right so she totally had a little mullet but like white it's a trash mu- mullet not Japanese fashion mullet. It's a, Yeah, we talked about how that's, that's a thing. I didn't realize that's the term for it. Um, I just... Uh, it was associated with Tina Turner's hair with it. The... Um, because she has that in, what, is it Thunderdome? I think, yeah, it's uh, Beyond the Thunderdome. Beyond the Thunderdome. Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. Two men enter. One man, man leaves. Master Blaster. <laughs> I'll carry you around like Master Blaster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a, we're having a really great sci-fi nostalgia opening. I'm well, it's really... because I've been re-watching a lot of older stuff and a lot of stuff that I hadn't uh, watched in a long time. Uh, one of which being that I've been rewatching Darkwing Duck, which we've talked about a little Have bit Have you more. gotten to the Dark Warrior no, Duck? No, I haven't got to Dark Warrior Duck yet. However, I did not realize that I think... that's Hold on, that's a really good segue from RoboCop and all this, because Frank Miller wrote The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which influenced Dark Warrior Duck, and Frank Miller also wrote uh, RoboCop 2 and 3 and cameoed in RoboCop 2. I didn't realize he cameoed. Uh, he was the like drug tech that... Um, was in the like the the like the the mobile meth lab van, um, where he gives Tom Noonan the the drug and then Tom Noonan puts it in his neck and he goes, cut out with more of this chemical. It's making my teeth all wiggly. I remember that. Yeah, the the drug tech in that. Yeah. That's Frank Miller. Oh. Sorry, it's very noisy outside for a minute for some reason. But yes, no, the rewatching. It sounds like a hobo dragging playground equipment down the parking lot. Or so I imagine. Pretty sure it's just a dolly or a flatbed tra- hand truck, but okay, Doug. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no, I didn't realize that one of the first episodes is actually him writing a comic book in Darkwing Duck, and then everybody else writing their own version of that comic book. In the first... In, in the first few episodes of Darkwing Duck. I remember he writes a comic book. I don't remember that it it was that early on. No, it was. I was really surprised. They it was went, super they went, early on. They went meta on it? It's so meta. So meta. But yeah, no, it's him writing a comic book, and you're like, this is kind of a little bit complicated for a kid's cartoon. It, the Dark Warrior episode that I'm so fascinated with, I don't, I don't think they actually ever outright say that he thought Goslin was dead. It's just implied. They always say, like, you were gone, I couldn't find you, whatever. But, like, if you look at it, it's like, it's obviously he was driven a little bit to to the extreme that he takes it thinking that she was dead. dead yeah so with the uh, time or uh, uh, 
uh, I love this cracker cracker jacks uh, time top. Uh, quacker jacks. Quack yeah. You said cracker. It's quacker. I'm sorry, quacker jacks. Quacker jacks time top, which is right up there with the Captain America like and Red Skull shot him with a time bullet. Like it's just the silliness of of. It's wonderflonium. It's what it's on obtainium. Exactly. I was gonna say it's it's your phlebotanum. Oh, um, speaking of of um, made up things, I want to say uh, I had a dream <laughs> that I, I I meant to call you, but I'll just bring it up on the podcast. Uh, the next time you drag me to something that um, you the next time you take me to like a Bruja's apartment, um, what? a Bruja like a, a witch. Oh, um, okay, sorry. Uh, the next time you take me to a Bruja's apartment, which is kind of a was a weird kind of bohemian uh, troll market in, in a in a like a Capitol Hill apartment. Um, Wait, have you been watching Hellboy too? No, no, it's just troll market seems to be, you know, fresh in my brain. Um, no, uh, the next time you drag me to a bohemian Bruja apartment, um, and she asked for the totem, which was a uh, worn uh, Dropkick Murphy Zippo. Um, let me know that that it should have been like. Uh, the the logo had been rubbed off and she couldn't use it uh, for the magic purposes and we had to immediately leave which I uh, put my hand on you and then woke up to get us out of there what an odd specific dream yeah I just want to say I was really disappointed that you didn't tell me about that totem in the dream that it wouldn't work I'm so, sorry Doug that totem won't work yeah, well you it doesn't without the logo rubbed off see yeah now you tell me it needs to have some of your essence on it but you can't have it so worn. Okay. So maybe just sleep with it in your pocket a couple times. Okay. And right. Charlotte, if you're listening uh, on a separate note, um, stop asking me to get you cocaine in my dreams. Yeah, what? What did you eat before you went to bed? I don't know, but like I went on a coke hunt for my for my ex-girlfriend. In your dream? In my dream. So, like I said, what did you eat before you went to sleep? I don't know. Sheesh. Yeah. I've been eating a lot of uh, goji, so maybe that's it. Goji hairs are supposed to be great for you. I've been having great dreams. I hate when you have weirdly specific dreams like that, and then they don't resolve them, and so you're sitting there and you're like, well, why didn't I just do this? Well, I got us out of the dream and by waking up, so I thought that was really cool, but I, I literally woke up like really disappointed where I was like, you should have told me that. Well, I told you now. Okay, well, next time... I dream about that next after he go to the troll, Like I said, next time we go to the troll market. The boob, yeah, the uh, the, the Okay, hip, the but hipster. can we get wrecked on Takati and sing Barry Manilow after that? Now who's stuck on Hellboy? I love that scene. Me. Me. Um, I, I wanted to segue to the internet told me I'm wrong real quick. And um, the artist I was trying to think of who did the Wolverine poster that I really liked was David Mack. The fantastic David Mack. I can't. I, I can't recommend uh, the Kabuki series enough. Oh, I love David Mack. However, you went and saw the Wolverine. Speaking of yes, speaking of Wolverine, I went to go see the Wolverine. And it was better than Origin. Well, that's not saying a lot. Um. Now, uh, once again, I'm going to preface this with uh, spoiler alert. If you know you haven't seen it. And spoilers bother you, because yeah. I was going to say, I think we've established that spoilers don't bother yeah. me. Um, that uh, there, there are going to be spoilers about the end of the movie, um, specifically the mid credit scene as well. So if you don't want to know, stop listening, fast forward, uh, just just keep scrubbing that 15 second button. 
Um, yeah, or yeah, shove, shove your shove your fingers your over ears. your headphones. Um, What's the uh, the Venture Brothers? Oh, he's singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. <laughs> no, really, he pees his bed. I'm kind of worried about him. Um, yeah, sing, sing. I was gonna say, sing John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith real loud until we're done talking about the Wolverine. So, um, no, I I liked it. Um, I. I mean, it was a hard... This is going to sound funny. It was kind of a hard PG-13. Um, not because of violence, but because of um, profanity for language. Yeah, it pisses me off so much that they do shit like that. Well, I... It's fucking bullshit, Doug. The, the profanity was well-placed, but I preferred a bit more... Violence. Violence in terms of... We really haven't seen an outright berserker raid from him. We got pretty close... Huh? Snicked. We got, pre- we got pretty close... In um, in X Men Two, but I knew that there was you're not gonna have a lot of blood in X Men Two. I get that. I really would like to see them just do a full on berserker attack. Yeah, I would really like to see. I mean, that's why uh, 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 Darren Aronofsky left uh, helming the Wolverine was because he wanted to do a hard R for um, sexual content and and violence. And I'm kind of left wondering what exactly the sexual content would be on that one, but. Um, you know, I want to see him kill people, not fuck. I was um, going to say, you know, just just some more naked Wolverine. Because that worked out well, so well in Origins. It worked out well for the cast members' mothers and sisters that caught him on the other side of that. Um, no, I'm sorry, that was an X-Men. Was that an, that was like an X-Men 2? I don't... I well, Origins, he's bare-assed. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I think he's naked almost. He is, he is super fucking ripped in this one, though. Um... And he has talked about that in interviews where he goes, "This I finally had the time to get the build that I think Wolverine should have. And he is ridiculous. I mean, in an awesome way, not like in a stupid kind of way. Well, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this on the podcast, about how in my head, Wolverine should always look like Heyday Danzig. Danzig was going to play Wolverine, but he couldn't. Well, it's just because he's supposed to be short. Yeah, short, hairy, and unloved. I was going to say, Wolverine That's is... the line. Like I said, Wolverine's supposed to be pretty short. And if you think about how long he lived, it makes sense, because people do are getting progressively taller. Mostly because of you don't suffer from malnutri- uh, malnutrition, for the most part, in America anymore. Well, he was just kind of a, yeah, stout character. I mean, um... But it's just like I said, in my head, Wolverine is always going to look like, you know, Heyday Danzig. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, now I'm singing the Danzig Shakira in my head. Damn it. Oh, what's, what's Danzig in Spanish? Um, You've ruined my brain, Internet. I'll, I'll, change, I'll change our YouTube link to that. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I liked it. It, um, it. it raised some interesting questions. Um, also seemed to, uh, probably one of my complaints would be that they had um, they had Lady Viper in it or Madame Viper um, which I liked I mean I, I it's fine but it, it seemed like she kind of came out of left field where like all of a sudden there's another mutant like there wasn't any surprise yeah it's like uh, okay it's like for her, it kind of seemed like you were coming in like halfway through her story where you didn't have a whole lot of backstory with her. And you're kind of left wondering like, okay, so it's just this weird, you know, 
like a mutant antagonist all of a sudden. It'll be interesting to see is when it comes out on DVD if they'll have a bunch of cut scenes or deleted scenes. That might explain a bit more about Viper. I was going to say that might fill in some of the missing pieces. Because it's, you know, you, when you watch an extended cut of a movie, most of the time you understand why it is that and why they needed to speed up pacing and, you yeah. know, get it down from two and a half hours. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you don't want that information right. still. Um, I like that uh, they had uh, they had a lot of the, the characters from, uh, once again, weirdly, Frank Miller's uh, Wolverine run. Um but they had changed him just enough where I was, like, happily confused where they were like, well, then here's uh, Kinshiro um, Harada. And I was like, well, he's going to end up being the Silver Samurai. And he wasn't. So it kind of, like, left me guessing, which is really nice. That you were actually that it surprised didn't, yeah, it didn't, by him. Really yeah, it's like, oh. On a comic that you're extremely familiar with. Right. Um, and they had parts where uh, Viper injects uh, Mariko, and I was like, is she going to die? Because in the comics, Viper does poison Mariko, and then uh, Mariko begs Wolverine to kill her instead of going through the pain of, of being like poisoned to death. Um, yeah, it's uh, right around, I think, Wolverine, uh, not 50, but I think I think it's in, like, in, the, in the late 30s, early 40s of the original run. Um, in the 90s run. Uh, and if I remember correctly, it's Jim Lee doing the art. Um... But, uh, and I think Larry Hamill was the writer, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, you know, so it kind of left me wondering, like, oh, is that going to happen? Are they playing that close to the uh, comic, or aren't they? So, um, now a few things where I'm just going to kind of poke holes in it, where adamantium is indestructible. I think we can just ex assume that as a, a, a fictional scientific fact. That Have we had the argument about Wolverine's claws and Captain America's shield yet? Um, no. And can it cut through Captain America's shield is your question? Yes. Well, can, well, which, one, uh, which one is, is the more durable, I guess, weapon is that uh, I'm looking for? Wolverine's claws cannot cut through Captain America's shield. Okay. Because Captain America's shield is made up of three ingredients. Um... A, uh, adamantium. Unobtainium. Sorry. Adamantium. No, I was, uh, it, the name cracks, no, I was going to say that the name cracks me up every time. Unobtainium. Unobtainium. Oh, so, so shittily on the nose. You guys think you might have put too fine a point on that? But anyway, sorry, what is Captain America's shield made up of? Uh, adamantium. Adamantium. A vibranium? class, uh, vibranium. Very sorry, good. vibranium. Vibranium. Oh, I said vibranium when I said, I'm sorry, vibranium. Uh, Vibronium is its brother. Um, That's a real thing, crap. Well, not a real thing, but, but you know what I mean. Um, so, adamantium, vibranium, and a uh, classified uh, military steel alloy. Agent X. Age. No, that's an actual guy. Um, oh, so we'd, we'd been talking about the Powerpuff Girls, so. Was it Agent? No, it was form, Formula X? I think it was Formula X. Or ingredient That's, that's X? not important. Sorry, back to Captain America's shield and Wolverine's claws. Um... Vibranium uh, absorbs impact, so um, it's to my knowledge that it would the shield would not only absorb the impact, okay. um, lessening the kinetic energy and cutting ability of his claws, but also adamantium is indestructible. Adamantium cannot cut through adamantium. So using just those two... Okay, so now that makes sense, but you were saying 
So we can agree that adamantium's indestructible. Yes. What was your follow-up to that? An adamantium sword cuts through his adamantium claws. <laughs> like, what? Wait, what? And they they made it more, I don't know, realistic or made it more plausible. Plausible is a good word for it. That the silver samurai sword was, like, heated. Like, it had a heating element in it. Like a stovetop. Um... So here's funny. It was you say a can- that, it was, it was and I a- imagine him like having a little tank of propane strapped to his belt. It that was he hooks the sword into to charge. It was a little yeah. It was a Coleman camp cooker sword. I'm glad um, that you knew that I was talking about a little Coleman camp stove. Yeah, the heating element. Absolutely. I've been camping once, once. Um, but yeah, it, it cuts through his claws, and I'm like, what? No, like that isn't. Oh, but you know what? And, well, no. Now, I would like your opinion on this. Because in X-Men 2, they Electric talk about... Boogaloo. Yeah. Um, Weapon Exalu. Um, that they... Stryker says you have to keep adamantium heated to keep it in its... Liquid state? Liquid state. Because um, if it cools, it becomes indestructible. No, I guess that argues out. Because I was going to say, well, if you heat the adamantium, then it would be malleable. It would be able to be sliced through. So I guess, like, the heating element sword makes sense? I don't know. That it would I be able to liquefy to, liquefy the thoughts. adamantium on contact? But, like, then why wouldn't the sword melt? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make fucking any sense. Obviously, they put a magic spell on the sword, so it won't melt, but it's still Well, hot. but it's funny because the Silver Samurai in the comics has uh, his sword, uh, his, um... Uh, ends up being like yeah, like powered by like his mutant ability to to uh, manipulate tracheon energy or something. Um, Snake. But uh, so it cuts through his claws, and that allows the Silver Samurai uh, suit um, to drill into Wolverine's bone structure through like the the you know the bone claws that are now exposed. Um, yeah, well the stumps. Um, and extract his healing ability, which is, um, uh, apparently his healing ability is, is able to be taken away and given to people, or given, like, can be transferred. You see, it's funny like that, because you say that, and all I can think of is every bad vampire plotline ever. Yeah, like, it Where the vampire's blood can cure somebody's sickness. Yeah, like, it doesn't fucking make any sense. So, now the nice part is that kind of went... Okay, fine, but the bone claws are going to grow back, and then he uses that as you know, like a weapon. Like he's not unarmed at that point. Ooh, here's here's the bone claws are going to get you. Bone claws are going to get you. Um, my issues with that is they they kind of one that that pull that that pulls in what I call an Iron Man three, where you're left wondering like, okay, so in Days of Future Past, which is going to have Wolverine in it. Will he have the claws? Will yeah, like I mean, there's, or will it just be the bone claws? Yeah, and his and the rest of his bo- the rest of his bones are still unbreakable, except for fucking continuity issue, um, except for that he was shot in the head with an adamantium bullet, uh, in origin, which would give him a weak spot because there'd be a hole in his adamantium skull, which is this uh, roughly the same spot he got fucking. There's a hole in his adamantium skull, and my immediate reaction was, like a baby's soft spot? Yes, he has a, an adafulcrum, what do they call that? Uh, um, um, the, uh, I want to say Fenella people, that's not right either. 
Penelope uh, sounds like a really terrible name. Uh, it sounds like girl. one of the racers in. Um, well, that's because her name is Penelope von Sweets. Uh, von Sweets. Um, yeah, and the other ones are like Butterscotch Rum Bottom and all that kind of great names. Um, and Strawberry Poof Cunt or whatever her name is. See, um, now I finally remembered it. I've been trying to think of it for two days. Fennel. Fennel. No, no. I was trying to think of the... Um, Isn't that the name of the soft spot? Yes, it is, I think. But no, I was trying to think. I came up with a name if I was ever going to be a roller derby girl, and it was um, Strawberry Whore Cake. Okay, I'm glad I could help. I just couldn't think of it, because it was either going to be Bambi Dextrous or Strawberry Whore Cake. Bambi Dextrous. You like that? That's all right. If I was ever a porn star, that would be my name, too. All right. Um, but anyways, Wolverine has a so, soft spot. So, yeah, like, okay, ignoring origins, and we'll just, whatever. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to. So, but, you know, but there's a lot of, like, this will lead into the, um... The, the the post credit scene um, Days of Future Past it's, uh, there's a lot of time travel so is it going to be Wolverine before he has the you know, after is it going to be the Wolverine after the Wolverine or is it going to be the Wolverine pre the Wolverine? yeah, before the Wolverine um, hmm, interesting because I know part of the movie is set in, in the, in the uh, late 60s, early 70s so, okay um and that leads me to the mid credit scene, which got me super excited because it raised it. It asks a lot of questions. Uh, so Wolverine is walking through airport security, which is always fun for a guy with a metal skeleton. I think Wolverine has night terrors. Yeah, he's got post traumatic stress syndrome like a motherfucker. I mean, they get into that in, in origin. You think he goes through mattresses pretty quickly? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your your credit. That's why I assume he always sleeps in like flop houses, so he just doesn't care when he tears up. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt your credits thing. Go ahead. But uh, airport so he's walking through. He sees uh, an advertisement for uh, Trask Robotics, which is setting up uh, Peter Dinklage uh, to be uh, Boulevard Trask, the inventor of the mutant hunting robot Sentinels. Um, Did which I were... remember the Sentinels from the cartoon when yeah. I was a kid. I love that. Well, they hinted at them in X-Men 3 in the Danger Room. That is true, there was the... And they have the fastball special where Colossus throws Wolverine at the Sentinel. Um, But uh, he's about to go through airport security and all of a sudden all the metal starts, like, shaking. And behind him... Is Magneto? Is Magneto. Using his powers, which he had taken away, but then kind of hinted at that he kind of still retained them at the end of X-Men 3. Yeah. And he's like, look, we need... like." I need your help. Something horrible is gonna be happening. It's about to go down. It's a shit's about to get real, <laughs> and um, and Wolverine turns to Magneto and says, "Like, why should I trust you? Um, you know, fuck off." And uh, Magneto says, "Well, if you're not gonna take my word for it, uh, how about his?" And he turns around, and there is Professor X, Patrick Stewart, Professor X. He's used his mutant ability to stop everyone moving like he did in the museum in X-Men 3. Um, no, X-Men 2. I was going to say that was X-Men 2. Um, when you see Anna Paquin's giant rack. I, I I watch True Blood. I see her rack like twice a month. Well, it's just more that it's, it's the scene and the reveal on her is wearing like an off-the-shoulder low-cut shirt. And it's just like all cleavage. And you're like, she's pretty young in this. 
or at least her character is. It's kind of cleavagey for a teenager. And then I thought to myself, wasn't she naked in the piano? I was more talking about the character as oh. opposed to because I think she was in her twenties when this was happening. But yeah, it's just one of those things where you're like, that's kind of cleavagey for a teenager. And then you think to yourself, oh wait, I wore way worse shit than that when I was a teenager. It's all the hormones in milk. Um, giving them boobs. Don't look at that. I want to say something really inappropriate right now. I'll keep it to myself. Uh, so yeah, so it asks the questions like, how did Mag- Magneto's got his powers back? Uh, Professor X is alive? <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? And of course, it, you know, like, what, well, what is the threat that would pull Magneto and Professor X together again? Since, you know, the, the last time they did that was against Stryker in X-Men 2. It seems to be a lot of X-Men 2. Um, X-Men 2 was highly enjoyable. Oh, man. That, the first five minutes of just the, the Nightcrawler attack on the White House is easily one of my f- favorite... And that's, that's Alan Cummings, this Nightcrawler. Alan Cummings, uh-huh. He was so good. And I loved all the scarification they had on him. It was I, very well done. It, it, was a weird, it was a weird way to convey that he has religion. I mean... It was the easiest way to give him some more depth as a character. Well, and it, g- it gave him a bit of, like, literal texture. Like, it, it kind of made him stand out other than being blue and having three fingers. and Bamf. Bamf. Um, but just, yeah, that minute where, um, yeah, they opened, they opened the door from the Oval Office, like, into, like, the security, like, post. And it's just full of the, his, like, Bamf smoke. And that tail comes out and grabs that guy, and then the door closes again. And I was just like... This is fucking badass, and the like, you know, the bullet time of him teleporting and just kicking people as he goes. I remember seeing that in the oh. theaters and just being like, "This is fucking awesome." Yeah, it's like, it, it's like that movie could have ended after the first five minutes, and I've been like, "Sold, yeah. great." Yeah. Um, and and that was probably uh, the, the I think the best of the of the X Men trilogy. I think I will agree with you on that. Um, I liked it a lot. So, um. So yeah, Wolverine. I, I recommend it. Um, it was fun. Love it or shovel it. Love it. All right then. Um, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was. It. I think it made up for Origin, where it's like, no, let's just like, not not pretend it didn't happen, but like, look, that was bad. It, it's like with with the Incredible Hulk versus Angley's Hulk, where it's like, yes, the audience will forgive you for a bad movie. Just kind of do a like you know reboot or a soft reboot. And just move on. Just move on. Um, Be like, look, oh. guys, we're sorry about that origins thing. And my little look, shiny things over here. And my little, but my one little nitpicky thing was that you had all the ninjas, and I got really excited that it was going to be the hand. Oh, thank God, ninjas. Oh, thank. That's a flash reference. Um. Uh. Oh, uh. But uh. They call him like the the Black Clan or the Black or the. They have like a name for him. They didn't call him the Hand, and I don't know. One, I was a little irritated. I'm like, just call him the fucking Hand. That's what they are. Um, but then I, I was kind of going, well, I don't know who owns the rights to the Hand, yeah. based on I think another studio has the rights to. Um, I think it's Fox that put out uh, Daredevil and. Um, Electra. Electra, the little yeah, little bile and. and when we both said Electra, um, and I think they refer to the clan that Electra belongs to in that movie as the Hand. I don't know. I, so I don't think I ever actually seriously watched that movie. 
I think I saw bits and pieces, but I don't think I ever sat down and actually watched it. But that's also because I do not much care for Jennifer Garner. I think she's it's funny not a, it's so not I have a, a hard movie. time looking when at I, it. When I heard it was going to be, God, once again, when I heard it was going to be rough, roughly based on um, Frank Miller's uh, Electra Assassin, mm-hmm. which was a mind, I mean, I oh, love Electra Assassin. I'm just going to have to call this episode Frank Miller is Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Miller's Clapping. <laughs> We'll call it. Um, Damn it. Uh, what's what's the rumpus? Um, but yeah, when you read it was gonna be on on roughly based on Electra Assassin. I was really excited, and then I saw it, and that I wasn't that excited anymore. You're like, oh. So. Um. And if you like David Mack's art, you'll probably love Electra Assassin. It's probably very influential to Mac. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. Uh, just looking at his art versus uh, Miller's art at, at that point. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't, Frank Miller did not draw that. That was Bill Senkowitz, um, which, who I know, I I think I read that he did influence Mac. Uh, how Senkowitz influenced me, so. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, you had an internet told me I was wrong this week, too. Yeah, and this is, we'll use X-Men as a jumping off point, was that uh, for months, if not years now, I have maintained that Peter Dinklage played uh, the little person in in Bruges and I was set extremely right it's actually Jordan Prentice not Peter not Dinklage. Peter Dinklage okay um, I thought it was Peter Dinklage too I think everyone thought but it but I also haven't watched in Bruges in a number of years because I hate the soundtrack to that movie so much I I love I don't even I don't even pay attention I think it's just amazing um is that Red Though Bull his, coming back on you? Huh? Is that Red Bull coming that back? Red Bull is coming, yeah. Um, looking at that bottle of Fireball and it's just like bringing up all the wrong kind of stomach memories. Um, okay, I like the, I was going to say, I just like the design on the bottle. I like that uh, when you turn it around, it has the uh, faux hole murk through the back label so you can see the demon on the other side. I just like the styling of the bottle. Okay. But yes, so that was going to say, I did not realize that wasn't Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and you Jor- said, Jordan Prentice. You said that name. has one of your favorite lines in it from uh, mm. Top Three Lines. To which I, you know, I was going to say, you said that, and the first thing I said was, if it makes you feel any better, I was on a very powerful horse tranquilizer. And I can't remember, I'm going to paraphrase, it's one of two different lines. Um, but it's it's Colin Farrell uh, saying, it's either, you can't give horse tranquilizers to a midget, or you can't give a midget horse tranquilizers I, it's in my top three lines of, awesome. of cinematic history. Uh, I I love, love that line. It's just the befuddled look he has on his face, of like, it's like, well, I waved at the midget and he didn't wave back. back, and they go, well, he was on ketamine. What's well, ketamine? It it's a horse tranquilizer. It's a very powerful horse tranquilizer. Yeah. Yeah. Can't give can't give a horse tranquilizer to a midget. Uh, but yeah, it's Jordan Prentice. Um, so I'm sorry, Mr. Prentice. Thank you, Internet, for telling me I was wrong. And yes, thank you, Internet, for telling me I was wrong. So, in mistakes I made this week, I was super late at night, and I've been exhausted from work because I've been training a new girl and working too much. And our non-turn and I decided that we wanted to watch cartoons that were from when we were younger that we might not have completely understood how awesome they were at the time. Like, we liked them, but we wanted to rewatch them now to see what we'd missed. So he went and got me Freakazoid. And we're sitting down to watch it. It's not Freakazoid... As in the one we watched, it's Freakazoid dubbed in Russian. You think Freakazoid is hilarious now? 
Watch Freakazoid dubbed in Russian. Them singing the theme song had me in like fits of laughter. Awesome. It was it was just one of those things. Like imagine, you know, because the song is Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Now imagine that sounding kind of angry in Russian. It was amazing. I love it. I was gonna say we didn't watch very much of it simply because that's not what we were looking for at the time. But it was still just one of those mistakes that happened that it was hilarious. It's like if you ever watch Pinky and the Brain um, dubbed for Iceland, and Pinky sounds like Bjork. <laughs> All it's... I can think of is, is the Chris Hardwick doing Bjork voice. So. <sighs> yeah, no, Pinky sounds like Bjork if you listen to a Pinky and the Brain dubbed for Iceland. Hmm. Awesome. Ah, oh, Pinky and the Brain. That was one of the better episodes of The Nerdist I've recently listened to. I went back and listened to the... Uh, Maurice LaMarche, uh, Rob Paulson episode. Every time he gets two voice actors on, it's always just solid gold. Well, Listening to them you get play to hear Pinky and the Brain say the dirtiest, profane stuff. I mean, nothing will ever beat hearing uh, Brain call Pinky a cunt. It's just, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, wow. And I didn't know that um, Maurice LaMarche was uh, Toucan Sam. He's been like Toucan Sam for like 18 years. I think, was it him who was doing his, his little chihuahua bark? No, that was, uh, uh, that was, uh, 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 the Billy West, uh, Joe DiMaggio. Oh, you're right, okay, because he's talking about, yeah, making the dog bark, doing the once, twice, yeah, the, the once, twice, three times, yeah. yeah. It's just pretty spot on for dogs. The, uh, yeah, the increasingly neurotic barking of a chihuahua. Mm. So... What made me very sad this week is I was sitting watching Futurama and realizing that it's almost over. Yep. Sad. There's only a sad. handful of episodes left. <sighs> I was going to say, I love Futurama, and there's so many lines in that that are just part of my regular vernacular now. Yeah. Like, shut up and take my money. Shut up and take my money. And, um, what was the other one I'm going to, it's going to piss me off until I remember it's it. It's the, I'm sick of. Oh, no, no, I say that one all the time. I'm sick of this room and everyone in it. So long, jerkwads. But that's not the one I was going to say. It was one about beer making you stupid. And he's like, no, no ma'am doesn't. No ma'am doesn't. No ma'am doesn't. Yeah, that, I love like shut yeah, up and take my money. That, which is funny because that's the iPhone episode. But I say that about all sorts of things. Shut up and take my money. Mm-hmm. It's become like... Mr. President, what the hell? Mr. President, what the hell? Yeah, so many things in that are so cleverly written and like I said just become a part of my everyday vernacular and syntax and I don't even think about it when I'm saying it well and I love all the sight gags that they they walked past um, when they go to when they finally log on to the internet after using their AOL dial-up <laughs> um, all the pop-ups start attacking them but, oh, uh, that's the same episode where Katie Siegel also reverts back to the married with children character. No, that's the one where um, she finds the... Yeah, the, she finds the other guy with the, the one... But uh, that's not the one they go to the internet on. Yeah, it is, because they no, need No, because the one they go to the internet on is the one where um, they download Lucy Lou. Oh, this is a different one, I'm Where thinking. they go to Kidnapster. I was going to say, but there's another one where they're on the internet playing some game, and that's where she meets the one-eyed guy. Yeah, yeah, and she ends up doing, yeah, they... They, they, they do the married with children. If you could gag. change shape, why didn't you change it where it mattered? Ooh. Yeah. It's something about watering the plants by putting them in the farthest corner of the bathroom. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, there's the one where, yeah, where Fry's in the, um... Fry's in the dungeon, they make some joke about how... He's like, oh, I 
poop in the same corner I eat. They're like, use a different corner. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the fact that, uh, yeah, Fry is not smarter than a dog. Um, Fry's the only one left from the 20th century, and he's not smarter than a dog. And I'd be remiss if we mentioned Dog and Futurama and not talk about the saddest episode of, like, all of television, which is the... Oh, the dog and the... The dog episode is just heart-wrenching. I won't watch it. Like, I... I, It's it's too emotionally racking. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, there's certain episodes with almost any show that you get into where the episode leaves such a bad taste in your mouth, you almost have to watch another one to cleanse your palate. And that's one of them. But that's it's, not, it's them. not a bad taste. It's an amazing episode. But it's just so, it's so freaking sad. sad. Oh, God. Because dealing with death of an animal is always sadder than death of a But like that it waited TV. for him? It waited for him. Ugh. See, we need to stop talking about it and we're going to get all sad and emo. All misty-eyed over here. Well, you watched Liar Liar. Let's talk about that. Let's <laughs> talk about a palate cleanser. Exactly. Um, does not hold up. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's one of those where I'm like, I can see why, uh, I loved it when I was, like, 14. Yeah, but parts of it are still really funny. Um, the, the fighting with the pen is still really funny. Um, there are a few stray lines that are still really funny. Well, I like when he beats the crap out of himself and they're making him describe his assailant. Yes, yeah, what, six, like, six, six one, kind of gangly, big teeth? Kind of gangly, big teeth. Yeah. Or it's like... What are you doing? I'm kicking the crap out of myself. Do you mind? Um, yeah, I mean, there were still, I mean. And the connection with him and the claw and his kid. It's like, oh, it's the claw. And it's it, the inside joke between father and son. And then when her boyfriend tries to do Carrie it. Carrie always. And he totally just, it's the claw. Just oh, the, the claw's the, the, gonna the, get the, you. The, 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 so awkwardly trying. And he's so... And it's funny because Jim Carrey describes Carrie Elby's character in a way that I would describe the character myself as, like, kind of Magoo. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's just one of those, yeah. it's, it's the nice guy that doesn't really get it, and he's trying so hard for for something that's just never going to be what he wants it to be. I know, but he's so nice that at one, like, at the end of the movie, it's like, the kid goes, do we have to move to Boston? And the guy just, like, looks and goes... No, no, you don't. But it's it's one of those things. And like that you totally, I, and it's like he totally gets it. You're like, okay, in real life, that that's fucked up. Like she's not gonna move to Boston with him. He's bonded with the kid. He had proposed. Like he said, "I love you." While she was drinking, and she said, "Thank, thank you." Thank <laughs> And you can tell, and he's like hurt. He's hurt. But it's it's something that I like the fact that it's addressed sometimes in movies like that where you know what just because somebody's a nice guy and there's nothing wrong with them doesn't mean you can be with that person sometimes they're just not the right person for you and on that note there's a movie that i'm going to watch and i'll let you know about it called unhung hero okay and apparently it's based on this guy's real life experience where he proposed to his girlfriend uh she said no and he found out it's because she thought his penis was small and he kind of like goes out and tries to like deal with his insecurity and I uh, I don't know if it's like a comedy documentary it's, style it's or really sad, Doug. Um, well, it's not probably not going to be sadder than the bridge, but I mean, oh man, Whew. um, the only thing that makes the bridge 
okay is listening to Kyle Kinane talk about it. <laughs> they caught him. I mean, not literally, but on tape. I was gonna say, listening to him talk about if he ever decided to check out, he'd go out with a question mark instead of a period. I think I can make it! What was he trying to make? I was gonna say, a small glass of water and an umbrella. <laughs> is this guy like the worst daredevil ever? I'm, I'm gonna steal Kyle Kinane's, um... Tombstone inscription. I, I really just want. Died what? in your arms tonight. Uh, Caption. Uh, yeah, born. Must have been something you said. Yeah, born. Uh, born. My birthday to be. You know, born uh, December tenth. Died, in your arms tonight. Quote. Must, must have been, been something, something you, you said. On a cutting crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's eighties lyrics. <laughs> I love <sighs> it. Uh. So last week when we were dicking around, we actually watched Hell Baby. Well worth the time. I had to say, I, hold the Fernell's character kind of made the movie for me. Just because he keeps popping up and scaring the shit out of me. Well, he's like, I was sleeping in your crawl, crawl space, space and I come, I came up to use your bathroom. Sorry I didn't sneak by well enough or whatever. And you're just like, Wait, what? Wait, sleeping in the crawl space? Um, and I, I forgot that I, I didn't throw it on my list of stuff I'd watched. Um, and I'm not going to get uh, too deep into it. But if... if you want to if you want your time on this planet to be well served, I recommend watching Hellboy over Oblivion. I'm sorry, Hell Baby over Oblivion. Uh, over Oblivion. Um, well, because Hell Baby's just kind of you know a straight up horror comedy. It's the guys that with did, all the same type of normal you know niches that you get into when you have you know the the demon possessed. They, yeah, they really took all theme. the tropes from Rosemary's Baby and the uh, Exorcist um, and the Omen, and uh, it's it's. Um, Tom Lennon and Ben Garant, who are uh, the guys that did uh, Reno 911 um, and at the museum, but uh, but it's the guys that like behind the state and uh, Viva Variety and Reno 911, um, and a lot of the guys that were on uh, Human Giant. And you get to see naked Ricky. Uh, uh, Ricky Lindholm in full in, nude scene. In Hell Baby. Um, yeah, not at all what I expected. So. Not that she's horribly disfigured. It was just one of those, like... It, it had kind of such a build-up on... If you listen to Doug Love's movies, it kind of had such a build-up to her nude scene, and then... Um, well, it's just because it was uncomfortable for them, so... Yeah. Like, you know... I'm trying to think of situations where... Yeah, for the most part, you don't want to see your friends naked. No. No. Well, it's always that there are very few relationships that are improved by accidentally seeing your friend naked. This is not, you know, like the the whole friends joke where you know you see them naked and they just have to see you naked to even out. No, yeah, no, you're that just, doesn't you're work just like that. Everyone's just with awkwardness. Yeah. No, um, that's that's not how it works in real life. No, I totally accidentally saw a friend naked once, and it took me like three and a half weeks before I could look him in the eye again. Well, see, and he I, didn't know that I'd accidentally seen him naked, so it was just like the most awkward situation. Well, and it's it's weird because um, our mutual friend Meg, uh, for one Meg, ho- Meg, for one Halloween, um, we yeah, went. She dressed up as um, Sally from not Sally, uh, Nancy. Oh yeah, she dressed up we as went Nancy from uh, from Sin City. Sin City. We went. We went uh, uh, as a platonic uh, couple um, to a Halloween party I was throwing, and she was Nancy, and I was Marv. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks good in chaps. Well, and that's the thing is, like, I was with her when she went chap shopping, and she, like, took off her pants, was in her underwear, 
trying on chaps and was like, what do you think? And I'm going, and it, you know, maybe my emotional state at the time wasn't, you know, I, I think I was in, in my twenties and just not, I, I thought it meant, well, if you're trying on things in front of me without your pants on, you might like me. Oh. Yeah, it was one of those. And I, I had brought it up at the party and I was like, oh, like, maybe something here? Like, you were, you know, almost naked in front we of me. We went chap shopping together. That's a thing. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, she said the funny, funny thing to me, and this is stuck with me. She goes, no, no, if I liked you, I would have never had you in the dressing room. I would have been, like, too nervous for you to see me naked. Which, I mean, I now understand is complete friend zone. Yeah, she, I, I don't she, think she I had... nailed you into the friend zone. She oh, didn't yeah, it you just... In. She chiseled that shit. It was, yeah, in stone, it was in marble, it was, yeah. She had a plaque made. That said, you know, yeah. Doug. Doug, friend, friend zone. zone. <laughs> Must have been something you said. Um, probably Aww. was something I said. Um... Which was fine. It ended up enhancing our, our, our friendship where we, you know, it's like once I was like, oh, that's where I am. Okay, well, then I will act accordingly. Um, and we ended up doing, uh, uh, our, uh, we had a Christmas tradition for a while where uh, we'd have Chinese food and watch horror movies, uh, specifically zombie movies. Because um, that's what Jews do on Christmas is uh, get Chinese food because it's the only thing that's open and watch movies. And it just happened that, uh... Wouldn't zombie movies be more appropriate for Easter? Yeah, we didn't hang out during Easter, though. It just happened that we were like, well, let's just watch movies. And I think I had had, um... I think, like, one of the Res uh, Resident Evils had come out on, on DVD. And I was like, well, do you... Like, if you haven't seen Resident Evil, then we'll watch that. I think it was like... Or she brought over Resident Evil and I had Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Um, and it just kind of was like, well, this is the tradition. It's gonna be... And zombie movies. And because they keep making the Resident, movie, Resident Evil movies like every year um, I think we just kind of kept on with watching the Resident Evil movies which get progressively worse and worse um, yeah they're there they're there speaking of terrible movies you watched a pretty bad one recently that I told you not to I did? Percy Jackson oh yes it wasn't well, okay, and I know we make jokes about, like, how actors play, like, you know, we pretend that the, the, the actor's the same person in every movie. We've done that with Tom Cruise, and we've, mm -hmm. I think we've done that with someone else. Um, and about how there's actually three different Nicolas Cages. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, but I like to think that uh, Al, Pac Al Pacino from Tropic Thunder is, is, a, is a satyr, um, is a goat leg, and I think that, that works for me. Because I was watching it, and I'm going... See, now we're going to start talking about Tropic Thunder again, and I'm just going to start laughing. Booty sweat. B -b -b Booty sweat. I was more thinking, I sewed the patterns for the first Al, first Al Pacino chinos myself. Uh, Al Pacino. It's not even spelled the same. It's a different guy. Uh, such I a told you not to watch Percy Jackson, though. It's you not know, the, the, a good the movie. Second, the second one's coming out... And it's I can't got believe Nathan I gave the second it. one after how bad the first well, one was. Yeah, but the first, but it made money. That's the thing. It wasn't critically acclaimed, but it was financially successful. So they're gonna make another. Well, it's coming out. I hope it's better because I love Nathan Fillion so much. He plays. Um, he plays the the, the antagonist was um, what's his name? Luke was Hermes. 
Um, Hermes' son. Um, and I, I guess uh, Nathan Fillion plays Hermes. I see that. So, um, it was just, I, I think he, like, owns, like, a delivery, like, a, a, like, international, like, delivery service, which makes total fucking sense. Like, I kind of liked, I liked, out of the Percy Jackson world, I liked kind of the nods of, you know, how you could kind of tweak the Greek mythology and kind of put a like, Harry Potter spin on it where, you know, um, you have, uh, you know, them, uh, like, Hermes be a, a delivery person. It's like, okay, oh, fine. they have day really jobs. What? Did they ever put a name to the... Yeah, they did. What was the name of the character in Sandman that was had to do with travel? He always arranged all of their travel. Oh, the, um... Oh, he... Yeah, he gets them the car in Brief Lives. Well, he's in... Uh, he, he makes a few other appearances. The, the, I think it's like the Pharaon or something. Something like or that. Or Peron or... That's what so, it makes some, me think of, though, is that, you know, that he's in charge of travel. Uh, and he's, like, always been in charge of travel since... And he's in charge of transporting things, too. And it's not just people. It's just, like, it's also uh, merchandise. They, they have a few of, of, like, those characters in Sandman, where it's, like, they've kind of, uh, like, kept... Well, one of they've kept themselves contemporary. Ex, like I said, one of Destruction's ex-girlfriends, who is now the exotic dancer... Her name she, is escaping uh, me. She's had a few different names, but now I don't remember. But yeah, uh, she's um, in the temple of... Um, oh, man, yeah, you're right. It's going to drive me nuts. See, now I'm going to have to reread re- Sandman. I do it about once every couple of years. Do you I've have... That's in... Um, oh, I have them. They're over there. Is that, that's Brief Lives, right? Don't worry about it. We'll look it up later and do it on the... We won't put it the internet told me. But yeah, know. but... We'll uh, put it in the corrections department. I want to say Bast, but that's not right. But yeah, that, that she was like a, 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 a priestess, uh, like a... Uh, I was gonna say she. A sex she, priestess I was gonna or say something. she inspired things, and it had to do with like, like lust and art and. Um, yeah, and then she ends up being a stripper. And now, here's here's your trivia question for the day. Tori Amos. No. Uh, oh, I was I was guessing that was that. what song is she dancing to? It's Tori yeah. Amos. But anyway, sorry. No, it's not. Is it? No, she the when she blows up the strip club. With her, like, sex? Yeah. Well, when she drives basically everyone insane. Oh, yeah. that li- that line of the guy talking about coming blood and he doesn't care is just horrible. Um, uh, do you know what song she's dancing to? Crap. No, but now I'm hearing the lyrics in my head. You're hearing the lyrics to your head? In my head. Uh, but you don't know what song it is? No. Mm-mm. You sure? Yes. Do you feel it? Are you under pressure? Doom, 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 doom. God, I want to hit you with my whiteboard right now. It's under pressure by David wanna, Bowie and Queen. I want to beat you with my whiteboard. Because there's a line where it says like she's never been comfortable dancing to the song, but this time like it's playing and she just lets herself go, and then basically drives everyone insane. Yeah, it blows up in a giant like sex explosion. Sex explosion. Um, Oh well, but yeah, no. I love when they have you know the contemporary characters like yeah, that yeah. that they've they've been around forever doing this thing and they've managed to kind of continue evolving along with. So I I did like that in in the Percy Jackson movie. I think the effects were god awful, um. Uh, but I liked the premise of it enough that I was like I wouldn't read the books, but yeah, I, I I'll check out the next movie just to kind of see like where they take it and. Really, I'll watch anything with Sean Bean in it. I mean... Oh, Sean Bean, why do you keep getting killed? Uh, I hope that doesn't ruin anything, because he plays Zeus. 
No, I have um, no idea. It's oh, but what's his name? Uh, Ray Winstone is uh, in Air- uh, as he like cameos as Ares in like the background. So I'm wondering, like, you don't get an actor like that and then just have him be in the background. Like Ares has got to play. I haven't read the books, but Ares has got to play a big. No, is it Ares? Is that the Greek god of war? Yeah, yeah, because that's who you fight in God of War. Um, yes, and my knowledge of uh, Greek mythology is based on the PlayStation game franchise. God of War. It's not based on Hercules and Xena. Well, it is now. Because <laughs> it's got Bruce Campbell in it. Doesn't he play like... Yes, he plays um, uh, a thief who's the, the King of escaping. Thieves. Yeah, his name's escaping. Thievius. Thievius. That wouldn't shock me if that's his name. That's not his name. Alright, we're it's actually like about to hit kleptomanius our... kleptomanius or something. Just hit our hour, so we want to do social contract, asshole. Yes. Uh, I will be the first person to admit that I am incredibly selfish. I am quite possibly one of the most selfish people ever. And so I would pretty much only like to interact with people when I choose to interact with people. But at some point, you cross a line when you have forced social interaction. Doug, would you like a backup story on this one? Um, long story short, I was on the bus uh, watching a couple fight. Not on purpose. They were just kind of there, and you happened to be on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of. You weren't actively like into kinda, it. Yeah, it. I kind of meandered onto this. You accidentally set walked piece. in on this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's um, not a freaking bus. It's not like yeah, you were I, I, at their apartment. No, 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 no. I was on the bus. They they were already on the bus fighting, um, and uh, at one point, uh, the guy, uh, African American gentleman, uh, turned to me while they were fighting and asked me. Like, bitches be tripping, right? One, way to live up to a stereotype. Yeah. Two, Two like, why I, do you need to be included in this and, fight? And this I, is not like the hi, how you doing, you know, casual, polite, friendly type of thing. He's, he's, like, he's, he's, he's literally asking me, like, who's right and wrong. One, in a fight I, have, I, I know next to nothing about. Um, two, I have my headphones on. I'm listening to a movie podcast. Which is one and of I'm your dressed big like a Jewish Cuban. Like yeah, like one of your big social cues that you don't want to interact with them. But to boot, like to be dragged into it, forced to, to interact, and two, it's like I don't look like the type of guy who would know in general if bitches be tripping. It really bothers me that he used that phrase. But yeah, forced social interaction, and it's like I said, it's, I'm not talking about you know the normal. How are you doing? I was going to say, how's your day going? The normal, polite, social things that you say, you know, and you're paying for your and coffee really, or at the grocery if store. I would have, if I would have been honest with them and said the first thing that came to my mind, mm-hmm. I would have said, why are you two fighting? Her tits look amazing. Oh, Doug. Oh, Doug. But I think it's one of those things where I, you I would have just poured. I would have just poured gas on it. Like I said, I, and, and maybe this is more us than anything else, but it's like... You and I both tend to be very, very self-contained. So when we get into situations like this, where we have the awkward forced social interaction, where somebody wants us, somebody wants to interact with us or get our opinion on a situation that we're not really involved in, and you're just like, yeah, ah, uh, uh, no. And it's not like a random person on the street. It's like it's not like when you're up against when when you're walking downtown and there's someone doing like a Greenpeace or a, are you registered voter, and they're forcing you to interact. In that way, it's like okay, you are. I hate in, those people too, because I should is, be able to walk to work without having to deal with that bullshit. Absolutely, and that's being forced to interact, and I—that's annoying. But this is like you're asking me to to 
like solve an argument to 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 yeah to weigh in like to be like emotionally drawn into it. Nope. You know, it's like it's horrible. It's it's one of the reasons why, like I said, like why are you putting your bad situation on me? Yeah. So social contracts don't force the social interaction. No. Eh. If I wanted to weigh in, I would have weighed in. But no, I wanted to listen to Doug Love's movies and play Zombies Ain't My Friends. Just let me do that. Why can't you people just let me be? So, and on that note, uh, I just want to give you a quick preview of what we're going to be talking about uh, next week. A little soundbite. A little soundbite. A little, little teaser for you people. So, hopefully this, uh, hopefully this picks up on the mic just fine. Uh, a little teaser, especially because uh, there's uh, a big deal we'll be talking about that happens um, on Sunday, the, uh, what is that, the 4th, the 5th? The fourth, uh, that affects the, the nerd culture in a huge way, um, and also us because we've totally fallen in that hole. Not yes. that there's anything to be ashamed of about. That, no, we're but. not. So just a little sneak peek of what we'll be talking about. Exterminate, 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 Deb, exterminate. Talk to you next week. Who's that knocking at the door? Why, it's our supervillain friend of the show. Hello. Well, we have some listener questions for you if you'd like to answer them. I'd be happy to answer some questions for you. Nick Naylor of L.A. asks, What happened to Kel of Keenan and Kel? He went on to be a regular in such TV blockbusters as Motor City and Wild Grinders. Does he still like orange soda? Yes. And he's not hooked on the crack? No. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!